Use the Force, Luke. Use the Force. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Welcome to the Geek Confidential Podcast. My name is Luke Kerr, not Luke Skywalker. Joining me today, Melody Akles. Welcome, Mel. Hey. And Mo Walker. Welcome, Mo. Thank you, not Luke Skywalker, for having me here on today. <laughs> not Luke Skywalker. Do you know how how much I, or how often I have heard Luke, I am your father since like first grade, kindergarten-ish? It is something that has plagued me my entire life. And yet I still like Star Wars, but I prefer Star Trek over Star Wars. So for those of you who are now mad about that, I guess I'm sorry, or I'm not. Um, we are here to discuss Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+, Plus, the series that stars Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Moses Ingram, um, the very adorable Vivian Lyra Blair. It is quite the... It, first of all, it's stunningly beautiful. It's great to see Ewan McGregor back on my TV screen as Obi-Wan. I wasn't so much looking forward to Hayden Christensen, um, but it's not too bad. Mel, uh, what is what was your first take on the series? We're going to discuss elements of the entire series as it's aired thus far, since it's been out for a while. I think we're on, what, six or episode six or seven. Uh, we're not going to just be discussing the pilot. So whatever, what are your first takes on the series thus far? Ooh, this was such a return to form for Star Wars. I've been looking forward to this series for a long time, and it has not disappointed. I love that they got um, Ewan McGregor back and Hayden Christensen. So there's that familiarity there, and they are really playing every beat possible with flashbacks and, you know, possible flash forwards and all kinds of things. So I love that they're really sticking to their guns here in the Star Wars universe and finally seeing, you know, what's going on with Obi-Wan? Where is he been? How is he keeping himself busy? And he's still trying to make sure that the seeds are being planted with Luke and, of course, with young Leia. And I've really enjoyed everything I've seen from this series. Mo, what is your first take? Sorry, my <laughs> I agree with all that Mel said, but I can't help but think about that internet meme about Obi-Wan. You're going from how does you get from Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi to Alec Guinness's um, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the, 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 the next, like, 10 to 15 years. I, I, I Listen, just... <laughs> if you had to put up with all that nonsense from Darth Vader for 15 years, you'd be old as hell, too. I'm just saying. <laughs> right, but, yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely, as Mel said, it's a re... Return to form for uh, Star Wars Disney Plus shows. First and foremost, I was definitely engaged with this. I did not get bored uh, at times like I did with some aspects of Boba Fett. I felt like the injection of the young Leia was a nice curveball because 
I really feel like we were expecting or that uh, Obi-Wan would just be devoting his time to keeping tabs on uh, Luke Skywalker. And that was not the, that hasn't been the case. And the fact that the, the Leia character in this show, you know, is the quote unquote replacement or the uh, baby Yoda character. And I'm perfectly fine with it. I mean, I think we need a balance of the light versus the dark because there's some dark stuff in this show. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I wasn't too sure what to expect. The movies where Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi, they're not known for being great movies. If you look at the canon of Star Wars, right? And so, but there, no one ever had a problem with, with Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. So I was looking forward to it from seeing him. But I was like, hmm, what is the story that they're going to tell? And this story with Leia being the, the catalyst to which Obi-Wan's, it's, it almost feels a little bit like Old Man Logan, where Logan is having to protect the the girl and he's having to come out of retirement. He's having to do like the, the gruff and grisly Obi-Wan is now protecting Leia. I like that element. I think that they've done a really good job with it. I think that it has provided a lot of opportunities for unexpected humor just because children can do such random things. And when you're a grumpy old man, uh, those things can make life more interesting. I, I've i thoroughly enjoyed it thus far. We The basic premise of this series, and I'm not as good at the recaps as, as Mel, but the basic premise of this series is that Darth Vader is wanting to find Obi-Wan and catch him. In order to do that, he is using Inquisitors, one of which is uh, Reva, portrayed by Moses Ingram. She is one of three Inquisitors who are hunting down Jedi. And as as part of their hunt for Jedi, they're actually also searching for Obi-Wan. And so she puts a plot in motion in which she believes that there's a connection between Leia and Obi-Wan. So she puts the plot in motion for Leia to be kidnapped. Leia is kidnapped from her parents in the palace. And then her parents go to Obi-Wan to have him try and rescue her. And that is how we are introduced to him. What did you think of this, the way this story is playing out, both from... The Inquisitor side, which I've found very interesting. The dynamic between the two Inquisitors versus Reva has been very interesting. Mo, what did you think? Yeah, I definitely think that this is an interesting... Well, and then first I'm going to start with the Inquisitors because I think with Reva, that's an interesting power dynamic. And we really, to, to be honest, we really haven't gotten a lot of... And and for the I would just call them Sith Lords... Um, more followers, acolytes of Darth Vader, who were jockeying for power. You know, it was literally, when you're dealing with Vader and his minions, it's either, it's Vader, and then it's some underling who's most likely going to get their neck snapped or something like that. But with this, we're we're diving a bit more and getting a bit more understanding about the 
the mechanics and, and how um, what's it like more or less to be, you know, a follower of Darth Vader. And I, I really appreciate that. I do also appreciate the fact and I, I'm going to say that, you know, that this Inquisitor is a is a black woman. And she's that, gotten some shit online, too, though. Well, you know what? They can go. They can go, you know, F themselves for all I care. You know, I think the actress, she is phenomenal. I mean, it's in in many ways you want her to catch them because she's she wants to be Darth Vader's top dog. You know, and I want her to, but at the same time, you don't because, you know, it, it's like, well, if she catches him, that, bad things are going to happen. But on the flip side, which I find ironic, is if there was like a communication, if there wasn't such a communications guy, if if she knew that Leia was Darth Vader's daughter. You know, all you have to do is snatch the kid, take the kid directly to Darth Vader, you know, and you'll score brownie points. You don't even need to worry about Obi-Wan. You cut out the middleman. Right. Because I want to make sure that they just get their credit. Uh, the Inquisitors, we have the Grand Inquisitor, who's played by Rupert Friend. We have the fifth brother, who's Sung Kang of the Fast and the Furious franchise. We have the fourth sister, who's Raya, and I mis- am going to mispronounce this last name, Kilstedt. Um, and then we have Moses Ingram, who plays Inquisitor Reva. Mo- uh, Mel, what did you think of the Inquisitors and how they're depicted and the internal politics of Inquisitors? I love seeing the live action version of the Inquisitors because up until now, we've only really seen them in the animated versions, which they're great there as well. So um, it was good to finally see them here. And they're doing their job as usual being ruthless, chasing down Jedi, working for the dark side, and Darth Vader. Um, And I love that they make them so brooding and um, for the most part, they are, you know, some kind of different alien race with the exception of a few in there because, you know, Reva's human. So um, I, I love those aspects of things and they are to be feared. So they're doing a good job. There have been a couple different cameos. One uh, we have, um, one of them. I guess it's not a cameo if you're in there for more for three episodes, is it? So, what did you guys think of? I don't know if I'd call it a cameo because he's in at least three episodes. Kamal Najani's uh, role as a fake Jedi. I thought that was a fun little twist. Mo, what'd you think? I, I think you know it's a bit of it's a bit of nice synergy because. Um... In, in Easter egg, and it's a bit of an Easter egg for MCU fans because he's Kango from the Eternals, and so I think having him in there again helps from a representation standpoint. That you know the galaxy is wide, and they're all different types of people. I think that again, we know the story. We know what's going to happen with Leia and Obi Wan. At the end of the day, they're going to they get out. These side characters, we don't know what's going to happen to them. And I think it helps raise the stakes in this show where, for, let's be real, the big three, we already know what their destinies are. So I, I think having a character in there, you know, we've always... One of the things that Star Wars, Star Wars has always done well is to have these 
characters who are reprobate, but they still have some sort of heart of gold and that you and that they're kind of scummy. But you know what? They're scummy in kind of an adorable kind of way. So we really the fans seem to like them. And I think he's the perfect uh, Kamel is the perfect actor to pull that kind of stuff off. Mel, how about you? Oh, I love seeing him because he's an actor who does comedy so well and he can really play that line between comedy and drama. And that's exactly what you needed for this role. And that is such a realistic thing that would happen if, you know, in a real universe of, you know, somebody is going to be pretend to be something that they are not in an effort to make money. So it was absolutely perfect for him. And I love that he ended up kind of doing the right thing. So it's great to see him. Mo, I know that you haven't watched uh, part five, which is the most recent episode. So you may want to plug your ears, but I just have to bring this up because I thought the visual was stunning. Mel, what did you think of Darth Vader using the force to bring and down and destroy the giant transport ship as it was trying to escape? I was like, hot damn. That is impressive. Huh. Baby, let me tell you. Extra strength Darth Vader? Give he... me a movie, a series that lasts five seasons. I need it all. So this is a Vader that we haven't seen yet because the one in the 70s was a little bit aged and, you know, he still had his power, but he wasn't at full power. And this is extra strength, extra bad Darth Vader. Give it to me all. His power is off the charts because he's so pissed off. He's so angry at Obi-Wan for everything that went down. And he is not afraid to show it. He'll show up somewhere in a minute force choke everyone, throw them around. This man literally pulled a giant, I mean, this ship was huge. It was huge. Huge, out of the sky, and then ripped the metal off the wall. I was in this apartment screaming. I was like, yeah, the neighbor's going to come over and tell me to be quiet because I already know what's going to happen. It is so awesome just to see power on that level finally from Darth Vader. Give it to me all. I, I go ahead. I was gonna say it, clearly. It seems like Darth Vader was eating his Wheaties. <laughs> oh, he absolutely oh, yeah. oh, yeah. He, uh, his he Wheaties and his Frosted power. Flakes. He got you know on uh, uh, Mario. He got a star. Yeah, that's pretty much what he got. <laughs> the 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 thing about that was, I agree, Mel. But I guess my question is, could we have like if they were going to bring this back for multiple seasons, could we have five seasons of Darth Vader and Obi Wan? confronting each other in almost every single episode without it getting boring. I mean, at some point, you know, it would get old, but I really would not mind a standalone Darth Vader in his prime film of maybe, you know, chasing Obi-Wan and conquering planets and galaxies and whatever else he does. Mo can correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a very well-regarded Darth Vader comic series that is just a Darth Vader series. Um, So you never know. It's entirely possible. We may get that. Mo, the episode that you have not watched is gangbusters good. And so we will try not to spoil it any more than that, though there are some things that, of course, I would love to talk about. So I guess this brings me to a question. We've had Boba Fett, we've had The Mandalorian, we've had Obi-Wan. 
How do you rank them, Mel? Um, Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, what I had for dinner last night, Boba Fett. Ooh, ouch. Mo, how about you? I'll go with Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, Mandalorian uh, season 2.5, and then Boba Fett. Well, but Boba Fett basically became Mandalorian season three in the last half. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Five. So that's what I'm saying. You cut the. You do, oh, okay. You split. You say the first, those first, you know, four, five episodes, four episodes was the Mandalorian season. I mean, excuse me, Boba Fett season one. The remaining episodes of Obi Wan was the Mandalorian season two point five. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's- well, this this brings me to another question for you guys. Mel pointed out that, um, or I guess it was Mo pointed out that we know what's going to happen with the big three. But if you were going to get additional seasons of this series, what other characters would you like to see come in? If, for example, at the end of this season, Layla is reunited with her parents and Luke is possibly safe for the time being, if in a season two, Obi-Wan had a new mission, what other elements or smaller characters in the Star Wars universe would you like to see brought in for him to help them out? Mo? Well, again, I go back to what you brought this up and and, uh, the Darth Vader series that Marvel produced a few years ago that was written by Kieran Gillum and drawn by Salvador La Roca uh, introduced a character called Dr. Aphra. I would bring in Dr. Aphra. And you've uh, already introduced one of uh, Dr. Aphra's partners in crime in um, Boba Fett and uh, the Wookiee. So I would, I would go that route. I would do maybe I would do a switch and make uh, Darth Vader the focus. I would do Dr. Aphra. I would uh, do those types of stories uh, because. They're definitely like a star, a large contingent of Star Wars fans who want Dr. Afra. Mel, if you could bring anybody in, who would you bring in? I wouldn't mind seeing like a Chewbacca. Or what if there was something of where Obi-Wan needed to get in touch for Yoda for some reason, and now he got to go on a search to find him. I don't know, something. Jar Jar Binks? Hell no. I don't like Jar Jar Binks either, but of course I had to bring that up. Uh, Any final thoughts, Mo? No, my my final thought is, again, I think that with, with this in particular, with it being six episodes, I think six episodes is the right pace. I don't type. You don't, you don't. I I think it should be, I think, I think they should be nine episodes for, for, from a purely story like from a purely craft standpoint to if you have nine episodes, you can have a lead up, a middle and a climax. And you can basically structure the three, every three episodes to build and you have nine episodes and you feel like you have a whole meal. You know how with the Marvel ones on Disney or on Netflix, 
it would sometimes seem like the shorter seasons were too short. And then they, a couple of them had longer ones where it felt like there was a filler episode for me personally, when you try and go to 12, you end up having a filler episode. But if you keep it at either nine or 10 episodes, you can write a three part story arc and tell that story really well over nine to 10 episodes and not have filler episodes. But when you only have six it feels too short. Moon Knight, for me, felt too short. It didn't feel fleshed out. And so I want nine episode seasons. So I will give you that on Moon Knight. Definitely will give you that on Moon Knight. But again, with Obi-Wan, it's a predetermined endpoint. I, I like the fact that, again, because... Well, no, there's a predetermined endpoint, but that doesn't mean that the story about Leia being kidnapped has to be something... I mean, we're not going to sore-ass this kid, so why do we have why do we have to keep it at six episodes? Why can't we have a story that... I mean, what if, what if Inquisitor Reva is... I mean, well, you haven't watched the episode yet, so I'm sort of spoiling stuff, but what if what happens in the episode that you haven't watched with her led to something more that we, instead of us being with only one episode left, I just feel like nine episodes is the perfect length. If you're going to do a a premium streaming service series, but six is too short. Mel final thought. I really like the young actress who plays Leia. Um, she does a really great job. She's another one who has a good screen presence. And I feel like this is exactly is exactly what I imagined young Leia to be. Somebody who is always just mischievous doing whatever she wants. That that was definitely true to character. But it's a great series. I've been really enjoying it. If y'all haven't watched, please catch up. And on that note, we'd encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. We also have a Facebook group there where we discuss the latest stories and things that are going on in the world of geekdom. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Mel is at Melody Akles, and Mo is at DrMo77. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, y'all. May the Force be with you. Unless you're Vader. (laughs) 